birthed something in you? I don't believe it was a coincidence that I got that word last week, seeing how this is the birth week of Jesus. You know, the birth of Jesus is probably the most miraculous event that ever took place. That ever took place. Only, could, only God can do a thing like Jesus' birth. When I ponder the event of Jesus and think about the whole thing and how amazing it is. Do you know that Jesus, his birthday, his coming to earth was prophesied all the way back into the book of Genesis. All the way back into the book of Genesis. That's the first book of the Bible. Do you know the book of Genesis was written 1800 to 1900 years before Jesus was even born? Think about that. How would somebody know about Jesus almost 2,000 years before he was born? There's only one way, and that's through God. Back in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, do you know what's crazy? You know, you think about it. You got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that are all written about in the book of Genesis, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How many sons did Jacob have? Twelve. He had twelve sons, and they're all the tribes of Israel. Well, one of the sons of Jacob is named Judah. Judah. What is Jesus? He's the lion of Judah. Isn't he? One of the symbols of God is the lion. What is the blessing that Jacob pronounced over his son Judah? Listen to this. It's in Judah, or it's in Genesis 49.10. It says... The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes, to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. There's a prophecy right there that Jacob was prophesying on his son Judah. He said that the scepter will not depart from Judah. Meaning that Judah will reign over all the other nations. But it won't happen until he comes to whom it belongs. There is only one. Only one that was worthy. Only one that the scepter belongs to. And that happens to be that little baby that we see out there in a manger. Or that little baby that we carry here in our skit when we do our little play. And his name is Jesus. 
Only one. That was 1800. Now, now that's, since we're, we are after death, and this was 1800 to 1900 years before, so that was written almost 4,000 years ago. Think about that. 4,000 years ago, God shared that with us through Jacob. Isn't that amazing? That's why this Bible is absolutely amazing. And not only that, That Jesus' lineage goes all the way back to then. All the way back to Judah. You have the book of Isaiah. Who probably prophesied in detail of Jesus' birth. The prophet Isaiah, in chapter (coughs) 7, verse 14 He said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. Think about that. Now that was 700 years before Jesus was born. Do you know how many lives that is of yours? At least eight. Maybe nine. It might even have been more. Think about it. You'd have to have been born if you lived 70 years. Right? If you'd lived just 70 years, that's ten times. That you would have to have been born and die, then born again, and then die. That's ten lives. 700 years before Jesus was even born, that Isaiah spoke this of Jesus. And not only that, if you go back 4,000 years ago to Jacob... I don't even I didn't even do the math. But how many lives back is that? A lot. And he hit it perfectly. He described the birth of Jesus perfectly. You cannot argue that. The virgin will give birth will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. Not only did he prophesy at one time in chapter 7, verse 14, but in chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, he said, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Think about that. The increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Because he's eternal. He's God. He's immortal. He's wonderful counselor, almighty God. Prince of peace. There will be no end to his reign. When he says that he will have the weight of the government will be on his shoulders. That means he will judge us justly. He will reign over David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Forever is eternity. There is no end to forever. What do they say when you, when, when you count, when you're counting? It's to infinity, right? Well, this is infinity and beyond. This is greater than Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> there is no end to Jesus' reign. As a matter of fact, he's, at the, he's standing right now at the throne of God, and he's praying for you, and he's praying for me. He's, it says that in the Bible that he's there interceding for us, making intercession. You know what is great about this, too? It, it says there at that last sentence, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Think about it. When you want to play a game, say lacrosse, or there are a lot of lacrosse players here. You go out there and you play it with all you got. You're, you want to learn it. You want to play it. And you're giving it everything you got 100%. That's, that's like zeal. That's like a definition of zeal. You're giving it 110%. Think about the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. When I think about that, I'm amazed. That, you know what? This is what God spoke of. And when God speaks it, then you can bet on it. You can count on it. It's going to happen. And then when God says the zeal, like the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this, then you can double bet down on it that it's going to happen. It's amazing. When I read these scriptures, it always amazes me. And how God has had a plan. And it's a perfect plan. And he works out his plan with zeal, as we found out, as we just read. That means he's not wasting any time. That means he's no slouch. How he foretold his plan to us through his prophets and through his word. You know, we all know the story of Mary and Joseph and how Mary, who was a virgin, gave birth to a son in Bethlehem and how she named him Jesus. All that the prophet says have come to pass. 
All that the prophet said have come to pass. This book, the Bible, has to say the truth and is true. It's true. It's the truth. And it's the light. And it's life. It is alive. It's God's inspired word. Meaning that every word in this book has been spoken by God. And it's all Jesus. It's his words. It's his life. And it's for us. Think about that. It's for us. It's for you. It's for me. Why would God do that for us? Number one, it says in his word that not one He wishes that not one would perish. Do you think God, who's all-knowing and all-present, needs this book? No, he wrote this book. He knows this book. It's him. It's alive. He doesn't need this book. We need this book. We need this book to remember. Do you know when the Israelites would win a battle? You know when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan River? When they went into the city of Jericho? Do you know what Joshua told the men? He said, take a man from each tribe and go get a stone out of the middle of the river. And I want you to take those stones and I want you to build an altar over here. On the other side of the river where we crossed. And I'm placing it there so that way you will remember of what I've done. When I brought you up into the promised land. I want you to build this altar so you will remember so you will not forget. On what I've done and where I've brought you. Knows us. Because he's created us. Each one of us, he's created, and he breathes his own breath of life into us. And he knows that if we don't have a thing to remember, we'll forget it. And if we forget it, then the next generation that comes after us will forget it. And then pretty soon, everybody will forget it, and nobody will know what even happened. And then somebody will walk by that pile of stones that are stacked up, and they say, What's this all about? Who built this? But no, they told these stories. And God put these things in remembrance for them so they would remember. So they would not forget. That's why we have the Bible. It's for us. It's not for God. He doesn't need it. It's for us so we don't forget. So we know. So we can go back to it and we can say, 
Jesus did that. God did that. He wrote this book for us as a map, as a guide for our feet, as a light unto our path. We need this book for our own very lives. It was written for you and for me. It's a way of life. It's a map of our lives. And not only that, but it tells us what's happened in the past. And it warns us about the things in the past so that we don't repeat the past. It's alive and it's well. It's for the, it's for the present time. It's it's a guideline for us right here and right now. When you read the Bible, I'm amazed that it was written so many years ago because it's so applicable, meaning that it's so useful for right today in the times that we're living today. And not only does it help us with today and give us advice for today, it warns us of the future. It tells us what's going to happen. You know, everybody loves the supernatural and the spiritual. They're all excited about ghosts and all this other stuff. But they need to get excited about the Holy Ghost. Because He's the true. Because His Word is true. And He's in charge about everything. Everything. You know, when I was just thinking about that, I just thought of the Christmas carol. What are the three spirits that come at the Christmas carol? The ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. We have a Holy Ghost who's in charge of all of it. Amen? You know why? This book has power. This book is power. Vital power inherent to itself. Meaning that it's not of its own. It's of God. This book is, has power because it's been written by God. It's the written word. The Bible is like any other book in history. In that the Bible is the only book that can bring about lasting supernatural change in a person. There is no other book like it that can bring about lasting supernatural change in a person. It says, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word. And then do you know what it says? About Christ. Those are the last two words in that scripture. Faith comes by hearing. The message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. The Bible is living. It's supernatural. Just like Jesus' birth. 
was supernatural. One of the greatest supernatural events that ever took place on this whole world. When Jesus was born in a manger, I guarantee you that the whole world shook. In the supernatural. Not only did Jesus' birth validate the Bible, not only did Jesus' birth validate what the prophets said, it sealed it in his blood. He sealed it. You cannot deny God's word. You can't deny it. You can't refute it. You can't argue it. How can you argue the truth? How can you argue the events that have taken place that God's prophesied about? There's no argument. Nothing will stand. All other ground is sinking sand. What makes the Bible so spectacular and powerful is that not only is it just God's word, but it changes people. The word of God in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says the word of God is living and it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing Soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts. And the attitudes of the heart. There is no other book like that. That I know of. That can do that. Do you know of one? Has any of them stood the test of time? Of over 6,000 years? Does anybody know of a book like that? No. I don't know of a book that can separate soul and spirit, that can judge the thoughts in the hearts of men. No other book can do that except for the Bible because it's God's Word. It's alive. It's active. Like I said, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Nothing can compare. Nothing can come close. Nothing can do that. Just like there's no other name in heaven where demons have to bow to except through Jesus. There are no other gods Except Jesus. There is no other name that has power that can drive out demons like Jesus. There is no other name that heals except through Jesus. That has power. And Jesus came to fulfill all of this. When he came to us in a manger in Bethlehem. 
And the whole world was against him. We know it. We've learned it in our skit. Well, King Herod sent out the decree. Go kill all the babies that are two years of age and younger in Bethlehem. And do you know that the Bible said when King Herod sent out his men to do that, the soldiers went and killed them all. But an angel came to Joseph and said, what did he say, Dylan? Get out. Right? Get out of here. Get out of here. Go to Egypt until the time come. And those soldiers went into Bethlehem and it said there was a cry out of Bethlehem from all the mothers and the fathers that have lost their children that will never be heard again. Can you imagine that? That's like, that's like somebody going down into the city of Owego. And I think Bethlehem is even bigger than that and killing every child in every house that is two years of age and younger. Terrible. Terrible. The world is against this book. The world is against God. The world is against Jesus. And we can see it today more than ever. But I'm going to tell you, this book will outlive the world. Because it says that his word shall never die. Jesus came to us as a child. He walked this earth as a man in flesh and blood just like you and I for 33 years. Why? So that we can spend eternity with Him. He gave His life for us so that we can spend eternity with Him in heaven. He knew the plan of His Father. That's why when He went to the Garden of Gethsemane, He got down on His knees and He was crying out and He was praying with all His earnest and heart and sweating out blood. Because He knew what He had to do. He was the pure and spotless Lamb that had to go to that cross. For you and for me, so that we can all be saved. John 3.16, we all know it. He says, for God so loved the world. That means you. That means me. That means us. Right here in this room. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should believe in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. There are people perishing out there. There are people going to hell out there. And it's not because God's sending them, it's because they're sending themselves. Because they've chosen a path that's not of God. And God never meant that to happen. But he can't do anything about it. If you choose to reject him, it says in the Bible, don't harden your hearts as you did in the days. In Mirabah, when he opened up the ground and he swallowed them up. He said, don't harden your hearts. 
He said, I've given my best for you. I have given my son for you. I have given that baby that was born out there in a manger for you. I'm shedding my own blood for you. Don't listen to the world or follow the world or the ways of the world. It will lead to hell. Follow God. Follow the light. Follow the truth. Follow His word. It leads to life and life everlasting. Life everlasting is forever. It's infinity and beyond. You were not meant to die. You were not meant to die. I believe that if sin didn't come into this world, that we would still see Adam and Eve. (laughs) They'd be pretty old, 6,000 years old. But if it wasn't for sin, that causes death. You weren't meant to die. And you're not meant to die. You're meant to live. You're meant to live. And you're meant to live with Him. The greatest gift is the gift of Jesus. The greatest gift is the gift of Jesus. You know, one of the greatest things that you're grandmother and I pray is that not one of our children or grandchildren would be lost. And I'm telling you, this Bible, which is 100% right, is prophesying about Jesus' return. That means He's coming back. This time when it says in the Bible that He's not coming back as a baby in a manger. He's coming back on a white horse as a warrior. He's coming back as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's coming back. And if his Bible says he's coming back, then I believe he's coming back. And it could be any day because almost all of the prophecies have been fulfilled. It says in the Bible, when you hear of the man, the abomination that stands at the temple mount, To look up for your redemption draweth nigh. The abomination that causes desolation. That's about the only thing left to do. Praise God that we're going to be caught up in the sky with Him. Because His word is true. His word is true. You can't argue it. Jesus is coming back. The word prophesies about it. My question to you is, this day, have you accepted the free gift of Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus in your heart? It's a gift. Jesus is a gift. Just like on Christmas Day when we open up our gifts. All the presents under the tree. You can't wait to open them up. Can you? You look for your name. 
You wonder what's in it. You rip the paper apart. You tear into it to see what it is. It's a gift. Jesus is the greatest gift you'll ever have. Better than anything you can imagine. This Bible is the greatest gift to mankind that anybody could ever have. So, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion, as you did in the day of the rebellion. And if anybody wants to receive Jesus that hasn't accepted Jesus into their heart, Come and see me. I'll pray with you. Because it's the greatest gift that I can give to you is what God has given to me. And it's true freedom. It's a true way of life. It's a true way to live. It's the right way to live. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's all I got. That's <laughs> all I got. That's all I can give to you is what's been given to me, and that's Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is right. Let's stand and pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. I pray for this day. I pray, Father, for your anointing and your blessings. I thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given to us and you've given to me. Lord, I praise you and thank you, Lord, for your greatest gift of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, you gave that gift thousands of years ago, two thousands of years ago, Lord God. And, Lord, that gift is still as as powerful, important today as it was then, Lord Jesus. And it's still ringing true. Your word still rings true throughout this day that we live in. It's amazing to read your word and and just put it into how we are living today and how the world is going today and how people's lives are today and how pertinent it is for today. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. It's a way of life. It's a good way of life. It's your way of life. It's a way that we're meant to live every day. And Father, I thank you for it. And Lord, I do pray, Lord God, that if there's anyone here that needs Jesus, that needs you in their heart to reign and rule, that they would come and see me and I'll pray for them. Lord God, I pray. And I just thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for all your people. And I thank you for your presence here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.